Welcome, welcome to Loving and Living. And actually, it's the other way around. It's living and loving each day. Um, we have we have to take our priorities, right? This podcast shares uh, stories and uh, about beautiful people who are inspiring us to do things and to and it, I, that's the point is just shining a light on these individuals and they're making a difference in their world and their community. And my job and what I really want to do is just shine, like I said, shine a light on them and make sure other people are aware of what's kind of going on out there. And uh, we celebrate inspiring people looking and living their journey. And we gain insights into how they um, make a difference in their own world. Today, I'm very, very pleased to welcome my beautiful guest, Patricia Muir. And um, we're excited to introduce her. She's a veteran businesswoman, and she works with other women and businesswomen and actually executives. And today, you might have noticed on the title of the show, it says retirement in quotes. And we're kind of thinking it's a bad word. So I don't know how old you are, but if you're in our age category, then I, I agree that it is a bad word. And we want to dispel that. So welcome, welcome, Patricia Muir. I'm so pleased to have you here today. And right. we, want to, we want to talk about retirement. We want to talk about emotional intelligence for women. And we want to talk about you and how you've overcome some cancer in your life. And so just start where you want to start and share with us. I want to hear from you. Okay, Susan, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I think I will start with um, retirement. Traditional retirement is dead, basically. Uh, when you speak to especially women of our age group, like baby boomers and, uh, you know, some of the, even the younger ones from 45 and up, they're saying that, retirement is not in the, their vocabulary, but they haven't found another word that works. So there are some uh, great um, research coming out that talks about positive aging. So we're not looking at retirement as like this time as being a time to retire or retreat. I work with women to look at how they find fulfillment after a certain age. So mm -hmm. I call it being awesome at any age, finding fulfillment at any age. And for those women who are like you and I, who have gone through the executive track of our career, mm -hmm. uh, I have a program that's called Executive Encore. Yes. And it's for women who, um, whether they want to or whether they get the little ticket to say that they're leaving, what do they do after that? What do they do after they're no longer... Uh, seen their status is seen as an executive anymore they want something that's more fulfilling so this is where emotional intelligence comes into play. right i was just wondering when this started like when was it our parents who were so we're the baby boomers but was it our parents that when we felt like when they said they retired it meant that they just about curled up and died somewhere is that like where is the history of that come in? I wonder. Not the, well, and the women, the women before, and and the women then weren't even working and didn't have the careers that we have today. Ah, they always did work though. <laughs> That's something that my mom taught me. She says there's never been a time when women don't work. <laughs> it just depends on what um, financial incentive there was for women to to go outside of work and, and we know we know as baby boomers actually we were told we could have it all meaning that we could have a family 
and we could have work as well. And so uh, we had a lot of messages uh, in our early careers that put a lot of pressure on us. And but yeah. we weren't the only ones. And this whole uh, idea of retirement uh, came about when they were looking at in the United States and in Canada, and I would imagine worldwide, they were looking at uh, the lifespan of the worker. And uh, most programs that were put together for, say, pensions and things like that, they it was put together like uh, around World War II or just before, uh, and they never thought that people would reach the age of 65. Actually, there's some professions that are very, um, you know, they're hard on the body where their work expectancy, they would be leaving at 50. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they're just, it's a physical job, they couldn't deal with it anymore. And so I read some stories of where some professions where they retire say around 55 and some of them never even made it till 60. Wow. Because for a lot of people that dead stop and that's why I say retirement is dead is a dead stop in our lifestyle that affects so much of who we are like Mm -hmm. it affects our status in our family and in our community we're seen a certain way it also affects our physical um, engagement, like, you know, if you just retire and then sit on the couch and or sit in a rocking chair, of course, you're going to seize up, right? And also emotionally, because uh, we're here to engage, we're here to engage socially, like some of us more than others. Uh, but it's still those relationships are really important. So some people that I know that when I was younger, when they retired, they didn't live a year. They, they were gone after a year because they did not want to retire, but they were forced to retire. And we don't have forced retirement anymore, thank goodness. No, maybe they didn't have the meaning in life. Like maybe they felt that that where their work was all the meaning in life that was afforded them. Yes. Where I think you and I, I don't know, I know a lot of my friends and people that I know, we've got so many other things going on besides work. <laughs> like we're like there's things that just bring us joy. What what that could be music or sports or or traveling or there's so many things um, that we look forward to doing. Actually, yeah, you know that's a very uh, like both of us are in Canada, right? But that's a very regional thing as well. Like mm-hmm. I've met people um, in northern Ontario or on the west coast that yes, they have a full lifestyle other than work. But I can tell you in the metropolis of Toronto, for some people, that is their status. That's who they are. And so when they get the pink slip, whatever it is, when they're asked to leave, they get a package if they're lucky. Uh, Because I work with a lot of people who get the packages and then they say, now what? Like, I've got a nice little package here, but I don't know what to do with my life. Yes. And so I often ask people, if you were those who are working, if you went through my program and you decided Monday morning you were not going to go to work, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just going to call in and say, that's it. I'm not coming back. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, out of here. Yeah. What would you do next? And a lot of people say, oh, well, I have lots to do, but. We have to look at, is that sustainable, not just over the the honeymoon period of that time after work, mm-hmm. it's 
also that period five years, 10 years, 15 years, because we're looking at lifespans now that go way beyond 65. If we are in our 50s, for, for your guests who are in their 50s, you could be looking at another 30 plus years of your life. If oh, you I just came back from a funeral and he was 97. So, yeah. I mean, that's what, that's reality. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. and if you, if you're healthy, if you're fortunate enough to be healthy and you have, you know, your body and your mind is where you can still do things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we just kind of curl up and do nothing. No, you know, it's, no. You know I think we have to, uh, just get that point across to people. I think I think people are getting the idea now that we're here, <laughs> now that we're seeing what people are doing around us. Mm-hmm. But you came through a tough time, so you and it, tell me how you, what brought you to this decision to provide women and business and entrepreneurial women over sixty kind of these other options. So, mm-hmm. well, I have worked with women business owners and executives for many years, mm-hmm. and. Uh, like I've had my business since 1992 and it's always been about helping people to uh, get the best out of the projects that they're working on at work, uh, usually based around a business model and around quality. So I come from a quality background, mm-hmm. but it, uh, I was at the very height of my business, like that my business was really humming when I went through a couple of uh, stressful periods that, eventually ended up with me having a diagnosis of cancer. Mm. So I was, a, as the doctor said, I was a, a very young 62-year-old. That was nice to see in the report. <laughs> I showed it to my own doctor. I said, see what they said? I'm a very young 62-year-old. Awesome. And, but it made me think about, uh, you know, the, the adrenaline that I was running on, running a business, and uh, just about, again, the image of who I was as a business owner mm-hmm. and what people would, uh, how they would think differently knowing that I had cancer treatment. And mm-hmm. so to this day, some of my clients do not know I went through cancer oh. treatment because I was, I was fortunate. Oh, that's okay. It's out in the world now, but <laughs> they are clients from the past anyway. But um, that made me think about you know, th- that, that question that we all ask ourselves, am I really doing what I want to do? Exactly. So my question was, was I really working with the clients I wanted to work with? And I thought, no, I need to make some changes. Okay. So I made the total shift over to women owned businesses, working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID also helped with that because the other thing was, is I did not want to be going on site anymore. I did not want to be traveling anymore. Mm. So COVID allowed me to make a statement about, I can do this remotely. I enjoy it remotely. And most of my clients enjoy working remotely as yeah. well, right? Yeah. So when I returned to work um, after cancer treatment, I, some of the work that I was doing with my clients was around standards for um, that that at that time was in Ontario, but now it's across Canada as well. And that is about helping employees return to work after with or after a disability. So cancer treatment is considered to be a temporary disability. Mm-hmm. Now, I love digging into standards and I love to see how they work within a business. And I looked at the standard and I thought, I've implemented this many times with my clients. And here's one that speaks to me. 
and that's accommodation for women who are returning to work after cancer treatment. Wow. We have great um, support in Ontario, and I, I would imagine we do across Canada and the United States and around the world as well. I know the UK is doing great work on, on mm-hmm. accommodation, but there was a, a gap in the programs, and the gap was the emotional state of a woman like ourselves who have built our careers to a certain point. Mm-hmm. We've gotten over all the biases and all the hurdles. All the hurdles, the glass ceilings, <laughs> yeah. and then our career, our career is derailed by cancer. Because mm-hmm. think of a, a woman executive who is around the boardroom, and she gets a diagnosis of cancer. So she's off for a while. Some of us are off for a short while. Some of us are off for a long time. Mm-hmm. Some of us have physical uh, things that people can tell that we're going through something. And other times you can't. Mm. So uh, my doctor was saying, you know, you need to take some time off from business. And I said, but Denise, because I was on first name basis with my doctor. But Denise, it's, it's what drives me. It's what I love to do. She says, you've come through a couple of years of loss. Like my parents, I lost my parents. Mm-hmm. And so I became an orphan. And then I became a cancer uh, um, survivor as well, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So, um, I said, I'm ready to go back. So during treatment as well, I was still servicing my clients. They didn't know it. And actually the hospital set up my treatment so that I was one of the first ones in the morning. So that they even said to me, they said, you're an executive woman, right? And I said, yes. And they said, we'll get you in first thing in the morning. Then you can be on your way and do what you need to do for the day. That's really accommodating. That's great. Accommodating. But when you think about it, the pressure put on me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm still expected to perform, right? I still wanted to do it anyway, because I love my work, but I sort of scale back on how I engage with my clients. Mm -hmm. And then when I was ready, I said to Denise, okay, I'm ready. Sign me off. Insurance. I'm ready to go back. And uh, she says, hold on a minute. She says, you still have some recovery to do. I said, no, I'm fine. And she says, Patricia, you're an executive coach. You know what you need to do. And I said, Yes, you're right. It's the emotional side. I went back to work. And even as I say it now, I'm sort of trembling because emotionally I thought, do I still want to do this? Exactly. You know, do I still want to, like I'm 62, do I want to continue this into the next decade, Mm -hmm. especially with the clients that I had at that time? Mm -hmm. And that was the epiphany. I said, yes, I want to, but I have to change my client base. Exactly. And I want to work with those people who are like me, mm-hmm. executives and business owners who need the emotional support, like emotional intelligence around self-regard, self-actualization, reality testing, mm-hmm. decision making. Uh, let me work with those women. So that's what I did. I created a program for women returning to work during and after cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. And then later I met a friend in the mall, a male friend, who said, are you still working? <laughs> still. I hate it when you say that. <laughs> yes, I am, very proudly. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Women make this choice to continue working because the women that I had interviewed, they still wanted to contribute. They yeah. said, why would I put in years of building my career and then stop like that? 
I want to continue to give what I have to give. Exactly. And so I put together a, a program for, um, it's called Executive Encore. Mm-hmm. And it's for women who are looking for fulfillment after the age of 60. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be work, but what is she going to do with the next two to three decades of her life? And that's the question. And I think that's why you, your program is so valuable because you're actually actually stopping and them in their track to say, okay, what do you want to do right now? Yeah. Like what? Because a lot of us, I think a lot of women don't even think about it. They just keep going. Like yeah. they don't even stop to think, am I enjoying this? And what am I chasing? And I was just listening to something really powerful today where they were asking, you know, like, what are you chasing and why are you chasing that? If you have to really think about that and say, is it because my parents expected that of me? Or is it because my friends are doing it and I want to, I feel competitive. I want to keep up with them. Is it because, you know, it was something other than that I want to do it because I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's those are really huge questions that people need to just sit back and really take stock of. So that's why your program is so great is because you I think that's where you get them to really focus. That's why I love COVID, actually, because it helped me. <laughs> Not that I love COVID, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it was the opportunity to just stop what I was doing and say, hey, are you are you enjoying what you're doing? And now the last three years, I'm only doing the things that I love to do. And I I would not, I don't feel stressed about it. And I just love being here. I love talking to people like you and I love singing and I love doing those things. So yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that you're, I appreciate that program that you have and your, you know, your encore program, because it just makes us stop and just be a little more self-aware, like you said, and self and, and consciously making decisions. Yes, because we got wrapped up in life, right? And a a lot of, as much as we talk a lot about planning, we may have planned business, but not necessarily planned life. Sometimes life just happens to us, right? And we go along with the flow. So we don't really think about what is the alternative for me, especially when I do stop working, because many people that I've worked with over the last 20 years have nothing to go to afterwards. They have no hobbies. They just think that they're going to golf every day or travel all the time. And there was a statistic. Babysit grandchildren? Well, babysit grandchildren. Well, what if you don't have grandchildren? I don't have grandchildren. So, you know, and even when that could have been an option for me, (laughs) I more or less gave uh, my son notice that, I would not be a babysitter, right? That uh, like, you know, I I want to, um, you know, look at the things that, uh, and not that I don't enjoy babies. In fact, you know, when I see one, because I don't have grandchildren, they just overwhelm me with joy, right? And they're awesome. So it's not that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, negative about those things, but it's not something no, I would say, right? So, yeah. Right. But uh, often we don't know what we want. And so, like you said, COVID sort of stopped us. Cancer stopped me. Mm -hmm. And hopefully other people don't have to have that experience of something that forces them to think about it. They can start to just start to think about it now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, Patricia, tell everybody how we're just about to wrap up and I just want them to know how to get in touch with you. I do have your website listed on your description, but share anything that's coming up in there or your website and how people can get in touch with you. Okay. So I do uh, put out a blog weekly and actually uh, it goes on up on LinkedIn as well. It's distributed on LinkedIn. 
uh, I have a newsletter. If you go to my website at patriciamuir.com, you can sign up for my newsletter. And uh, when you sign up for the newsletter, you will get a choice of an exercise that you might like to do. One of them is about emotional intelligence and the actual model and how you can take action depending on what your situation is. Okay. And the other one is about um, how we sabotage ourselves because mm-hmm. we have these great plans and then we have these things that sabotage us, right? So uh, you have a choice. Awesome. Well, it's so nice to talk to you. And I'm, I'm thinking we could go for another couple hours, I know, because you've got a lot of wisdom there and a lot of experience and good, good uh, practical things that we can do. But everybody, please check out Patricia's website because she's got a lot of great stuff there for you. I just wanted to thank everybody for joining us here today and just to finding out a little bit. Maybe you were a little curious about that word retirement in there. I just hope that I grabbed your attention. That was, the intention. that was the intention. <laughs> But this is this podcast is in just to enlighten and, and just shine a light on my special peeps out there. And I hope that you if you have any if you want to see any other podcasts or go to my website, livingandlovingheachday.com, you're welcome to subscribe to that. And we can keep in touch that way as well. So Patricia, you're a joy. Thank you so much for this. It's a, you're one of my joys that I intentionally wanted you to be here with me today. So thank you so much. And thank you everybody for joining in. Really appreciate you all. Have a great day. Have a great day, everyone.